Hey Central, and welcome to another weekly update. I know that you have heard this a thousand times lately, but it doesn't make it any less true. We are living in a unique moment. In many ways, it's like we're living through the flu pandemic of 1918 to 1920. But add on top of that, the fact that we're on the precipice, more than likely, of an economic fallout of the Great Depression of the 1930s. But then add on top of that, the social unrest over civil rights and racism and the protest movement of the 1960s. Now, here's where it gets a little more interesting. You also need to, culturally speaking, take away God. Because the emphasis on a monotheistic one God in the culture view that was much more predominant in the 1910s and 30s and 60s. So take away God and add in social media. And that about paints the picture of the moment we find ourselves in now. And so it's no wonder that this time is not easy, that people are hurting and people are scared and people are angry and everything seems so polarizing. But here's the thing about Christianity. At its heart, it heals broken hearts. It exchanges fear for hope. And it even takes the most hardened, angry sinner and softens them into the gentle and lowly. So, so I find, uh, I don't find what we're going through to be fun at all. And I think if you do find it fun, there might be something a little bit wrong with you. It's not fun what we're going through right now. But let me tell you, I don't for a second assume that it's meaningless. I've talked about this in previous weekly updates. We believe in the sovereignty of God and the power of God that could stop the pandemic in an instant is the same power and sovereignty of a God who has purposes in it that we may not see. And so what, what often addresses complacency in a person and in a culture is desperation. And we're feeling some of that right now. One way the value of community truly gets solidified is actually having the experience of isolation for a time. And we're experiencing that. What can bring salvation oftentimes is the necessity of first reaching the bottom and coming to the end of ourselves. We see some of that happening right now. So this shouldn't surprise you. I'm a preacher of the gospel. So I believe that Christianity is the answer to every challenge we are facing in our society today. And as the church, as Christians in the world and the church in the world, we get to put the answer, which is Jesus, which is Christ in front of everyone and put it on display. Jesus is the answer, the deep answer to every need that we feel so much. I read something by James K.A. Smith. He's a Christian professor and he's an author. I read something uh, that he wrote a few months back as the pandemic began, but it's really stuck with me. I love the way he writes. Listen to this. He said, how strange this time in which we love our neighbors by keeping our distance. We show our care for widows and orphans among us, the biblical paragons of vulnerability, by giving everyone room. Our self-distancing is its own form of solidarity. We've all been invited into the bright sadness of Lent, he wrote this back in Lent, in ways we never could have expected. 
This is a season in which we are collectively learning to forego. We will witness the worst and best in this season. We've already seen the hoarding marketplace trying to capitalize on scarcity or the bravado that makes indifference a virtue. But we have also seen the emergence of our humanity in tender ways, healthcare workers on the front lines, deacons quietly checking on shut-ins, teachers creatively offering ways for students to keep learning while also allaying their anxiety and so much more. And it's not an accident that art finds us in these moments or that we find art You've likely seen moving videos of Italians serenading one another from apartment tower balconies from Siena to Salerno. Human solidarity was expressed in collective song like choirs of hope, like a soundtrack of overcoming. Like I said, I don't find what we're going through fun, but I don't for a second think that it's meaningless. We are seeing God work in a number of ways to awaken the church to its mission in powerful ways, in ways that likely could not have come about but for us to feel something of the desperation and for the culture, for the society in general, to feel something of a hopelessness and need of a savior. Just by way of update, I want to share a couple things with you. This past Thursday, uh, in late June, uh, the life group leaders met with our elders together to, to dialogue. And we invited life group leaders to share the questions that they might have of, of the leadership in the church and to ask questions that maybe they've been hearing from their life groups as they've met so that we can bring greater clarity and therefore also a higher level of communication and, Lord willing, a greater sense of unity and understanding among us. We are to be the church that is unified, and so I just really appreciated the posture of both our life group leaders and our elders as they sought to hear one another, share with one another. We even wore masks and sang a couple songs together. I'll be honest with you, it was slightly annoying, (laughs) but it was very, very beautiful, wonderful, heartwarming. It had been way too long. That was all part of a kind of a test pilot of seeing creative ways that we might gather small groups uh, in the coming months, which continue to be explorations. And we will continue as things come about uh, to share with you some of the opportunities that will arise in the coming weeks and months. We are encouraging at this time, if you have a bubble of people, people you are interacting with regularly, get together with them, whether they come to Central or not, whether they go to church or not, and invite them and say, hey, would you like to join us at our place? We're watching church together. And we want to have some semblance of community that that we can. And so we're encouraging that. And I know a number of you are participating in that and have found it really enriching. So well done. Keep it up. I want to just finish by reading uh, the text from the sermon this past Sunday. It's found in 1 Peter 1. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. And we'll talk to you next time, Central.